listen to your Time to Refresh podcast with Brad Refresh, the podcast about life, music, traveling, shit, literal shit that is, and weird and wacky stories with Brad and a range of guests from the planet Earth. Feel free to share the pod with your pals, your mom, your neighbor's dog, or even your shrink. It's all fun. You can follow our Facebook group called It's Time to Refresh Community or It's Time to Refresh on Instagram. Write into the pod, ask questions, and share your stories. Enjoy the pod! Hey kid, what time is that? It's time to refresh! Uh, back once again with another episode. Uh, this is episode 11, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to think about that there. Uh, and on this one, we've got Chris Lockie. You right? How you doing? Thanks for having us on. Um, for for the bounce lot who don't really know Chris, he's a local lad to me, even though he doesn't sound local. Um, Plastic guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to be honest with you, he's been a part of the, the White Irvin or West Cumbria scene for years and years. I mean, you know, like, I? Twenty um, years, yeah. When I when I first started playing, that's like I got on with you, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Two thousand and yeah. 10, 11 or something like that? Uh, you played for us at... The first uh, one was 2012, wasn't it? I think it was... was it, it could have been 2000... It would have been... It was at White Haven... At the playground. At the playground, mm, yeah, 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 I yeah. sent you that picture the other week because the memory <laughs> came up, that's right. That was the third year, that was one. that the third no, year, yeah, that yeah. one? Or second year, I don't know. Anyways, um, so we're... I think I first I met you 2010, when you, you, you were at the manor before... Could have been. I think so. I came down with Donna and Paul. So yeah, it, it would have been I, I through Paul and Donna. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it was, uh, like, it was pre. It was the first year of at the playground. So yeah. I think that was what it was. Um, how are you doing, anyways? I'm just really good, man. <laughs> really recently got into that. Really, really good. Busy, man. Just really, really busy at the minute between work, the kids, um, radio show. And and foreplay the brand. It's it's all and DJing myself. It's it's all sort of taking off at the moment, man. It's really really going well. We've <coughs> we've uh, obviously we've got the radio show Friday night nine o'clock. People sit the radio, check it out. Um, <laughs> nice shameless one. plug. Plug anything you want. We've just um, I was saying before we've we've just. Uh, we've got the reflex coming on. Who in our in our specific genre is. Yeah. He's an absolute legend. He'll take, he'll, he'll take a disco track and an old soul track, and he'll he'll just make it bigger. It's the only way I can describe it. He doesn't change it. He doesn't remix it. It's a lot of edits. He edits it more than anything else, right. and he makes them bigger. Uh, we've just got him on. Uh, last year we had Tyree Cooper. We had Doctor Packer. We had Todd Terry. We had Michael Gray. We've played a load of local lads as well. That's some lads excellent. to Carlisle. Some big names, eh, man? Some really, really big names. Um, I'll give you the breakdown if you want, man. We The radio show, Four Play started <clears throat> during the first lockdown. I got a phone call from uh, Charles Bagshaw from right. St B's. Um, and he says, I'm thinking about starting a radio show, a radio station for St B's you know we can pass on messages and we can inform people of what's going on in the community uh, and do you want to be a party I was like aye cool so we my brother and myself started a show on a Friday night uh, under our sex tape brand 
Right, yeah, I can, I can uh, remember that to be fair. Yeah, so we did that, and I was working from home. So I was I was classed because I'd, I'd an illness a couple of years ago, and I was classed as being vulnerable, so I was at home during lockdown. Yeah. So I said to him, I said, can I start a show on a Tuesday night? Because the Friday night show was anything. Trans, house, disco, anything was yeah. being played on it. And uh, I said, can I start a disco show on a Tuesday? And I started a show called Foreplay. And after f- about a month, it got to the point where I was like, it's a bit much, two shows a week. You don't realise, I mean, you're only on for an hour, but you've... There's a lot of practicals. You've got to go and like, find the tunes. Yeah. You've got to then make sure the tunes sit together right. Yeah. You've got to get right. And it was all done live. Do you know what I mean? We were mixing yeah. live, so it's you've got to have a, a few things. So I contacted um, Phil Bridges. Yeah. My mate House Means House, Scott McLean from I, Ayrshire. I don't know him, but I've um, seen his name about My brother. Um, we started foreplay and Phil's a good day Jelly. Phil's really good and there was another guy who Scott knows called Darren Walker he stage names Everybody Loves Alf right and I invited him and said look come take a show we'll do one every five weeks and we'll go for there now Darren Darren could come in here now sell you something and leave and by the time he gets to the car you'll be like why, why, have I, why have I bought this? Do you know what I mean? So like he's, son to the Arabs. Exactly, man. Yeah. So he's, he's to the Eskimos. He's the, <laughs> he's our, um, he's our guest getter, for want of a better word. Mm. <clears throat> so he's, he's got the talk. Oh, he's got the part. He's, he's, he's brilliant, mate, man. He really, really is. Phil and myself, um, I tend to organise most of the, the live events that we play at. Um, Phil, Phil helps with the, the live events, a lot of the planning and stuff. Yeah. We've got one of my best friends, Becky Kerr. I mean, you've seen the artwork that, that we're putting out. She's yeah. she's absolutely on fire with that. Scott does a lot of digital artwork as well. He uh, does a lot of sound stuff. Everybody chips in, whatever they pulls. And it's, right. it's really, really good. We've just recently been offered uh, a residency in Havana and Carlisle. Yeah. Good so, venue, that was rough. It's cool, isn't it? Oh, the sound system, man, it's amazing, man. It's absolutely unbelievable. We've got a residency there. Um, we are playing at the Booth, Mighty Booth Festival in Whitehaven. We've got yep. a dance stage there. And last year, we were invited to play at Soulfest, and they phoned us up just after Christmas and offered us the tent oh, to run good. this year. So, I mean, it's all going. In between that, I've got a residency in uh, Keswick at Barres and yeah. Lakes Road Brunch. Uh, I've got a residency out at Penrith. There's a club called The Factory out there. It's basically a really big old warehouse. Oh, it's a, mm-hmm. old, it's a big warehouse. So on three different levels. It's unbelievable inside. The guy that owns that owns a hotel in the town. Right. And out the back of the hotel, he's built like a... He's built a deck area. It's a really, really nice courtyard. Really, really beautiful. Math Robinson, cheers, man. <laughs> is the uh, he's the guy that's organising all that. So there's indoor parties and there's some outdoor parties in the summer. So Excellent. it's it's all it's all coming off, man. Do you know what I mean? It's so is this all predominantly disco music? Yeah, disco and house uh, and um, funk. And there's uh, I play for some guys in Kendall Electric Boutique. Carl Hickson, legend. <laughs> he's uh, Carl's really good. Carl's an old school vinyl DJ man. Right. Really, really good. I met Carl. Almost all of these gigs <coughs> have spawned from during lockdown. Once we get the radio show up and running and we're putting it out there, yeah, 
um, I got invited to play at some live streams and people would see that and I got invited to play at some other live streams and once lockdown finished the live streams sort of died away yeah. I was getting into it brands though don't they yeah yeah well that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what's happening people were listening to my mixes and people seeing me so we were getting invited to play it at different places, man. But it's good. It's really, really good. Just massively busy at the minute. That's good. Dude. That's really good. Um, honestly, man. Like it's good to see that it's the other scenes sort of flourishing as well at the minute. Like um, there was a bit a, a while back, just as lockdown sort of lifted and stuff. The house thing in sort of Whitehaven area. I, I think it sort of died down a bit. Do you it know did. what I mean? It like. Did. And I know it's starting. To, it's starting to come back now. There's a, there's a few like warehouse parties and that that's been yeah. organised, and there's been yeah. um, electric soups being taken over, etc. Yeah. But like, it's good to see that that it's not just like a one genre thing that's going on. No, that's that's, that's another thing. I, I play for Johnny. Yeah. Um, I was playing Canty, and there's a new bar opening, Bengal Boogie. Right. If you go into Workington at the top of Peter Street, there's the Indian restaurant. It used to be upstairs. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Ah, it's in there. Really smart venue. Really intimate venue. Yeah, no, I, I think I've been in there before. Like mm, when it was, was that room is that's the the main room. But during lockdown, um, just as lockdown was coming to an end, I mean, Johnny Johnny Donnett was driving the, the house music scene and and uh, working. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just it just kept it alive, and it was really really good. Um, there were some big names come like to, to really big names yeah, aye. like massively like uh, Michael Bibby came um, yep. Danny Howard yeah LF, LF System yeah. Just, if you don't know who LF System are go and check them out <laughs> two guys fed them but absolutely amazing um, really nice guys as well yeah uh, just loads of big names in there. It's good to see that it, it is um, sort of thriving and, and it's back again. Um, it's good for everyone, really, isn't it? Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Well, I, I said to Rachel, we were sitting in bed all night and I was flicking through Facebook and I was like, Do you know what? It's, it's brilliant. She's what I said. I just scrolled through my timeline. I said, There's mates getting signed to labels. Yeah. There's mates picking up residencies. There's mates organising gigs. Everything's just dead positive, and, and and the whole, not just our scene, but the whole house music scene uh, in general, just seems to be on the up and up. Do you know what I mean? I've found that like this is the busiest year there's been as, as long as I've been around. Like yeah. there seems to be big, and I'm not saying busiest because there's been well, there's been more events, but big events. I'm talking like like the biggest events seem to be a lot of them as well yeah. now. Like yeah. And it's never been as 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 popular as, as such. No, we, we I, did. I think I uh, was it twenty eighteen. I think I did defected London. Yeah. It was London. It was defected. Defected's first um, sort of outdoor festival we did in the UK. Oh, I've seen, I've seen and it was fantastic. Yeah. It was a one day thing. And twenty last year, twenty twenty one. I think they, they did defected London again, but they yeah. did it at the drum sheds. Huge venue I over, you pictures of it over two days, yeah. and um, it was insane. I mean, we were stood watching uh, Dimitri for Paris. He was playing on a bus in the top deck of a bus, and each everything was stood where you were. Yeah, and you were walking through the crowd, and I've got a picture of myself with Dimitri for Paris. We bumped into uh, Defecti's main man. Oh, uh, Simon Dunmore. Simon Dunmore. Yeah, took pictures with him, but you're just walking through the crowd, and you would just see different. DJs, really surreal, but a brilliant organised event, really well organised. Seems like a right character, him, you know, like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's a larger, like, larger than life presence sort yeah, of Yeah, man, but really good. But it's like you're saying, there's loads on this year as well, do you know what I mean? There's massive events. We've, we, we sort of, Rachel and I sort of sit down and plan what we're going to do, try and plan what we're going to do for the year. Yeah. It's just got the point, it's ridiculous, man. <laughs> it's like, you're having a free week, weekend in anyway, do you know I what I mean? Last month, um, 
we played I played three times at Keswick and I played once in Carlisle for the Havana gig and that Havana gig was a 4-4-4 a yeah. we did all day and all night but we are only going to host 9 till 4 parties I think from now on but um, and I bumped out because in between work kids yeah, trying to get just, trying uh, to trying to get tra- tra- trying to get training in and uh, and music. It's, it's just trying to find that balance, <laughs> man. And it tipped over because towards the end. I mean, last last weekend, <clears throat> I was at the strongman competition at uh, the West Cumbria strongman competition. Oh yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. I was going to ask you mm-hmm. the guys that I trained with. They organised it, so we went to that. And I got back about nine, and I came in the Friday and I put my phone off, put it in the drawer. Mm. Rachel was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm out." And yeah. I went to bed and we woke up on Saturday and what do you want to do? I says, you'll need to organise it. I says, um, wherever you want to go, I'll go. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> says, but you need to sort it out. It's just, yeah. just trying to find that, that balance for everything. Man. Balance is hard. Like me, me and I have disagreements over stuff like where it's like one minute she'll be like, oh, how come you're not doing much like music-wise? And I'm just like, I feel a bit burnt out at the minute. I, and it's sort of thing and then the next minute you're like you're right into it and she's like fuck I don't get a minute do you know what I mean I don't do this because I don't know if you, you've you've noticed or not or like when you've spoke to me my missus like we're quite um, sporadic with what we do so like that's good so though last man it's that's like, good though man do you know what I mean you've got that spontaneity it's, well, it's she messaged like, me an hour ago saying do you fancy going to Windermere tonight and I'm just like fucking hell like just, just have a minute do you know what I mean I, love it. I, think, I, I think she should win me Ambleside so I'm like, just because it's sunny and that do you know yeah. what I mean so I was like oh alright then like, like, I, like, I was saying on the last po- podcast I was saying um, I don't say no to things now ever since the pandemic yeah. I, I always thought it'll make a better story if I, if I just say yeah do you aye. know what I mean if you, if you, if you said to me oh, I fancy doing this I'd be like Aye. Just, it, just, just to see it, and like I said as well it gets you in some situations where you're just like oh fuck's sake but like it, it works out for the better yeah um, I want to get onto this strongman thing how come you're doing that um, during lockdown um, I literally drunk beer smoked weed net that was, <laughs> that was all I did man and yeah. I put on I mean I'm big now at the minute I'm 120 something kilos at the minute I put on two stone and I was ridiculously big yeah so um, probably January yeah January 2021 I think it was we uh, did this fasting thing and I dropped I think I dropped about a stone and a half and bad, I thought to myself do you know what I need to get fit mm-hmm. so Dave Stratton that runs the runs Just Grind which is part of Hukashinko Fight Club and uh, the MMA training place and working right. behind the Legion I got in touch with Dave I was like what are you doing he says we're outside a couple of times a week he says we've got a load of chains and a couple of scaffolding harnesses he says we drag the shuttles with them and lifting stones I mean it's basic body mechanics you know what I mean you're, you're not putting your you're not putting your cell in under yeah yeah like strain. strain and you're not going to walk away with a bad back or a fucking chair it's, it's, like it's all it should all be natural movements and right. from there it just progressed to getting into the gym and, and lifting starting to lift weights and, and lift heavy and it's it's got to the point now where what we were saying before I'd burnt out and with a bit of conversation about what was going to have to give and this is the music's going to have to give I'm going to have to plan yeah. my music around my training because it's, it's just become part of life um, one of the guys that trains in there he's a he was a really successful bodybuilder so I'm tying in with him in the next couple of weeks he's going to help me with nutrition because yeah. David said to me at the start it's just eat what you want so I have done I mean, <laughs> I've, no, I mean, I've, I've literally eaten what I wanted but it's getting to the point where the training's becoming more intense and you're lifting more so your body's demanding more so I'm going to have to 
start looking at the mechanics of eating properly and learning about it. So yeah. that's that's the next thing. The strongman competition was unreal, man. Unreal. There was guys there deadlifting the silver door boxes, the big massive meter cube boxes. Yeah. There was a bar on them and I think they topped out at three hundred and eighty five kilograms. Insane like, amount of See weight. the thing is, right, I've been trying to I have when lockdown hit, put on load, like I'd lo- put loads of weight on and that. I've, I've already told this story before, like, but I just I'll go briefly. Lost lost weight and stuff like that. So I've been going to the gym, and I've found the balance now with with work and kids and all that. It's like produce music, have a mix, uh, do something productive with music, or go to the gym. So it's like get yeah. fat and do music, or go to the gym and then miss out on creativity. And it's just like oh, it's fucking hard to make sometimes. It's hard. It's a hard balance. Yeah, and but it's I, one of them things. And I, I, I train. Um, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Thursday morning, and Friday morning, and we're in the gym at six. Yeah. So I get up and I've still in bed. Uh, trained my two boys. I've just started boxing through at the same gym, so they go on a Wednesday, yeah. and after that we do the chains and the stones outside. Then a Saturday morning we're doing the same. So I, I'm trying to fit it in when everybody's in bed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not taking a slice of the day, but sometimes. Hard, I kind of get in the morning, so I try and get at night. Rachel, really, Rachel's great, mate, man. Do you know what I mean? She's. I, I try and make sure I've got everything done that I need to get done in the house before I go, and I'm not no neglect, neglecting anything. But it's yeah. it's just trying to fit. I'm really, really enjoying it, man. It's 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 starting. There's a good bunch of lads I'm training with, so it's it's really, really good, man. I, I find it hard with um, say, say doing like I started doing podcasts, and obviously. And she said to me, fucking hell, another fucking hobby. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, it is what it is. Uh, I record this on a Friday afternoon, I edit it on a Sunday, and that's that's me, and then yeah. I, I just fit in life around it. But I started a new hobby on Monday, right? Right. Uh, bought myself a, 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 a bike, like a cycling bike. Right. Got up on the road, and that fi- that that finished on Monday as well. Mark oh, action. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've had to order some bits. It's co- it should be coming today. Right. Um, Basically, what's happened is um, I thought I want to. I still want to get as much music as and that as as possible out as possible. Yeah. So I've I jacked doing the gym and I'm cycling to work and back instead. Right. So I'm getting the exercise. You're getting in, your you know exercise I mean? on, on your commute, which is it's ideal. Did the first one oh, on Monday? From the agreement. I, uh, oh wow! Right, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Got there fine. Coming back, coming up the wood end hill. I thought this this pedal's not fucking playing game here. Huh. Just feel it. You think. And then I put my weight down to the pedal. The pedal fucking snapped, didn't it? Oh, my oh, God, joking. mate. Right, so... Did you hurt yourself? It happened in slow motion, but, like, <laughs> this is disgusting, I know. But, like, it, I could... It, it just felt weird. Like, I, as my foot as it, my foot slipped and the, the pedal came off, I could feel myself coming down, but it felt re- like I had loads of time to react. And I thought, I'm going to smash my balls here. Oh, so I moved man. to one side and I, cut, I, I landed on, on, my, on my gooch. Well, I've torn my gooch. So now, oh, no way. Yeah, it's, it's full on. Like, I, I couldn't move afterwards. Oh, wow, So, like, man. my first... My first... First day on the bike, <laughs> I'd recommend it to people. Like, don't let it put you off, bu- man. Don't oh, let, no. Don't let um, it the only off. thing is, I've had to order a new crank for the for the thing. So right. he put me out of action this week. But as soon as I get it back on, I'll be out again. Because you know, I, I absolutely fucking loved it. Like I didn't realise I'd like it as much as I did. I, I've always thought of like, obviously working at Sellafield, you drive down, you see all these cyclists going down the pasture, and you just think, what the fuck are you doing? Aye. But like once you step, once you're out there, and it's like. 
the wind's hitting you in the face. I know it sounds it sounds a bit pathetic, like, but when I'm in the gym and I'm I, I just do cardio. I used to do lifting, but I just thought I'd rather lose weight first and, and then yeah. build on it. Anyways, so I was fucking cycling away and. Um, I was like, it's getting hot here because you haven't put the wind to cool yeah. you down. But like going out on the bike, I was flying and and, and the wind was cooling us down. I was catching my breath quicker, so yeah. it was easier. You um, see loads of stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. Clear, your, it, they clear your head. There's a couple of boys I know they use it for clearing their head. Absolutely. When you're out there, it's just the silence. But, but yeah. you're, better, you're better listening to loads of music and stuff. That's what I do. I just stick podcasts on and fly away. Uh-huh. But now I'm sitting here and I've got a Todd go- like Gooch. It's <laughs> funny. I'm not joking. I'm sorry for laughing. I'm sorry for laughing, man. I couldn't. Just... I was, I've been on a course all week with work as well. Oh, yeah. and I've been sitting on the sat on one ass cheek <laughs> the, whole, the whole week. And people have been like looking at me funny. I'm like, hey, don't ask him. Uh, don't you, ask You don't need the mechanics here. What's happening, man? Nah. Brilliant, brilliant. So I know we've sort of like went on a, for about I don't know how long. Went on for twenty minutes there. We haven't even started really. Um, I just want to get into um, a brief history about yourself. Um, how did you get into DJing and stuff like that? Right, how did I get into DJing? Music and our family, as in like me and my brother, mum and dad, and my niece and uncles, and that was always a big thing, man. I mean, I can even remember being. I don't know, I must have been three or four or something. My ma always had the radio on. Sunday was washing day. Mm. Big, massive twin-top washing machine in the kitchen. Um, my dad would be at work and my ma had the radio on. And my old man was into his rock music, Stones, Led Zeppelin, stuff like that. Yeah. My ma was into Beatles. Then my mum was massively into Motown. Right. And it was, my cousins were into it as well. And when I heard the first couple of tracks I'd ever heard of Motown, it blew me away. The groove, the soul, everything that was involved in it. I, 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 I was I was a, a music listener till about it was probably nineteen eighty nine nineteen ninety. Right, I've been past a, a cassette tape. These are these old things. That I was hoping <laughs> that's something that moved, man. Yeah, the, uh, the, and uh, <clears throat> it was for Lester Rave written on it. Right, and it was the first time I had ever heard house music or acid house as it was at the time, and it, it just blew my mind. I just couldn't. It absolutely mm-hmm. blew my mind. Do you know where you got it from, man? Like that? My mate, Dan Steele. Right. Guy went to, I still know Dan. I'm still friends with Dan now. He lives in Scotland. We went to school together from, I don't know, probably five or age five or six or something like that. And, I'm um, being proper nosy, right? But, like, I don't know how many people asked you this, right? You, have, have you lived in Scotland, obviously? With the I lived in Scotland until I was 16, and right. I'm 45 this year. Right. I've always wondered why <laughs> you and Al have completely different <laughs> accents. David Blacklock. This is your answer because I'm fucking awesome. That's right. why. That's the answer. <laughs> I don't know. Um, when I moved here, I went to school for a year. I went to sixth form in Wyndham for about a year, mm. and then I got an apprenticeship at Sellfield, working with a company called James Scott. Right. We were a, an electrical company, an electrical company from Glasgow. They were originally in shipbuilding and stuff, yeah. and it was we were I was working on site, and it was just loads of Glasgow guys was working. With. So, oh, so I, you never lost the accent. I never. Uh, Al has got like the most Whitehaven accent the accent Al's got he's, yeah. he's got he's but got, like how has that happened because what's the age difference between years uh, three years so Al would Is have it? been Al would have been 12, 13 12, 13 uh, you'd think he'd have be carrying the accent do you know what he I mean talks, he talks Scottish to my mum does he? Ah, he does that. Uh, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Weird. it just, that's, that's, so I got this tape listen to this tape blew my mind and I kind of flirted with music for a bit just listening to it and it was probably about 90, 95 or 96, when you used to get an empty. Right, right. Oh, right. Class. right. 
My mum and Darby have got an empty. Yeah. As soon as you say that, the bedecks loaded into a boot and a mixer and yeah. bags of records and speakers and you'd be around somebody's house. And it was always the dining room table. <laughs> There'd be a sheet put down and a dining a cloth, tablecloth put down and something else put down to stop the table getting scratched. Yeah. Speakers would be on it, the decks would be on it. And I, I think it was actually my mum's house. And I came in, I'm like, no, bro, it's the decks. Fuck's this. So who was he doing first? You or, you or Al? Al. Al. Oh, right. Al used to knock about with Heath Waddington and Steve Crellin and uh, Rossi and stuff like that. And they were all massively into it. And, right. and that was the first time I sort of seen a set of turntables. So what was the what was the music? You were saying it was at his house when you first heard it, but at this time when you were having empties, what was the... This is sort of 96, 97, Stardust, Chicane... Right, right, Stuff yeah, like, yeah, that. like yeah. right, just just right before the Ibiza boom, sort of the Ibiza thing. boom and the Super Club boom. Right, so going to that, and probably a year later, I invested. Well, we invested <laughs> in a set of turntables. We got a set of twelve. I've still got them. A set of twelve hundreds and right. a new Mark two channel mixer, and it was something like twelve or thirteen hundred quid. But well, you just went half as I mean, yeah. Well, well, kind of. If you know my brother, kind of half <laughs> So, we bought these turntables and um, started buying records. The internet was really in its infancy at that time. You could yeah. buy stuff on the web, but it took fucking ages to load up. And AOL, wasn't it? Yeah. Ah, your music sample. Now you get like a 30 second or a minute music sample. Then it was like, I don't know, four bars, five bars, do you know what I mean? So you could phone three beat records and stuff, and they would yeah. play stuff down the phone and. <laughs> There was a couple of... Pink Panther was still open. Yeah. Uh, what was the name of the guy that had... Patrick Irwin. <clears throat> Patrick Irwin's a bit of a local legend. Carlyle had a shop. You know where the TSB bank is? On Louder Street in Carlyle? Yeah. Walk along there. It's concrete. It's the club concrete. Right. In there, there used to be a wee shopping mall, for want of a better word. And you walk down, there was shops everywhere. And Patrick, where the back room is in concrete, yeah. that was Patrick's shop in there. Right. And you'd go in, and there'd just be fucking records everywhere. Stacks of them in the corner, stuff laying against the wall. <laughs> what are you looking for? And you give him a couple of names, and he'd just start pulling stuff out. Yeah, you know where it all was. I, and, I miss the, I miss the magical That's thing exactly I only, what I was I only just caught the say. back end of the, of the record shop thing. And... It was probably shit when I was gone, but like, I just definitely missed something magical about it. Like, the thing we, we used to <clears throat> we used to go clubbing <laughs> at the super the super club boom hit you yeah. Crasher, Slinky, uh, what was it, God's Kitchen? Yeah, Cream. We were regulars at Cream when it crashed a couple of times. Went to God's Kitchen, who was. It was originally somewhere in Birmingham when they moved to the outs- outskirts of Birmingham a purpose-built club called Code. Code right. was fucking unbelievable inside. <laughs> for me, clubs always be sweaty, dark, dingy places. This was like, oh my, really smart. And, and either the day before or the day after, we'd go to Manchester, go to Birmingham, go to Liverpool and hunt for records. Yeah. And buy records, man. And It sounds like you, you had a, a variety of stuff you were playing, though. Because it's a bit like a house, loads. trance... Hard house, like loads. Um, the, the, the group of people we hung about with was everybody had something they were into. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And I, when we got the decks, when we got our turntables, it was trance and stuff we were playing, and yeah. a lot of stuff and tidy, early tidy tracks stuff, and 
I kind of stumbled across. Uh, I stumbled across breakbeat and like really dark tribally stuff, man. Yeah. And I kind of fell in love with that and progressive stuff. And probably from late nineties, it was either trans or late nineties to early nineties, halfway through the nineties, it was trans or prog. We were going to see Open Folk style the residency at Cream. You could go to Cream any weekend, man, and there'd be at least five or six of the top ten DJs in the world there. Do you know what I mean? You'd say point ten, ridiculous take, uh, and they were playing in every room. So we were regulars, and we constantly picking stuff up, uh, and the, the, it was dark tribal stuff, heavy tribal stuff, and, and progressive stuff. Yeah. For me, then about two thousand and five, my daughter was born, so music sort of took a wee bit of a back seat, and it was like that till about. 2007 I started picking it up again and I went I we used to go to Concrete which was Uber Uber mm. was the night in Concrete and uh, they had some amazing DJs on that oh, phenomenal um, and I played I entered the competition and got a chance to go and play and be judged and I dropped last mix dropped one beat in my last mix man came <laughs> second which but from that I got another four or five gigs yeah from and I mean I've got flyers in the house I've got my name and a flyer with Danny Hills mm. Nick Fanchuli stuff like that do you know what I mean and we ended up playing at Wickerman as well from that so I think it's just networking isn't it like, that's like, exactly you, what you go was. to these competitions and you, you meet people who are in the same boat as you and then you meet people who are promoters who are, are running the event and it's just yeah People talk and it's like, oh, so you're in this comp, do you fancy go and do this, do that? And yeah. you don't, that's where it all stems from. And it's just a big From that, thing. that night of the competition, I got a phone call for a guy called Gaz Foskett, who's DJ in Carlisle. Yeah. And he was running a night. I can't remember the name of the place, but you remember where the old picture house used to be in Carlisle? You know when you come to the train station, you go round the crescent and you go down? Yeah. Well, there's a picture there. If you look across, there's a road that runs right behind everything along Louder Street. And at the very end, there's a big, massive red brick building. Can't remember the name of it, it'll come at some point. Yeah. But he ran a night in there, and I went through there and played. And from that, do you know what I mean? You, yeah. you got other stuff. And I got, uh, I separated from my wife and started 2011, and music just took a, a dive. It just disappeared off the scene. And again, probably picked it up about 2013. And uh, how did I pick it up mm-hmm. with? I met you in 20, 2012, and it, it must it must have been run about then. Yeah. I picked it back up, but when it was when, trans. It, when you were coming back into it, I think was it, it must have been it was like you were doing progressive stuff and the, and the tech house stuff was coming in as well. Tech house was coming in. Tech house was in its infancy at that point, and it was really good. Mm. It was something different, and it was great. And there's there's no bad music, right? I tell my kid, I drum this into all my kids. There's no bad music there's just stuff you don't get there's just stuff you don't understand or at Disney Switch yeah but you could listen to it again in five years and you'd be like fuck this is brilliant this is amazing how come I've never listened to this before and, and so it's, the tech house thing was great but it got to the point <laughs> it's a massive cliche what I'm going to say yeah. it all started to sound the same do you know what I mean like the you could literally put two tracks on you'd never heard and you could you could put them together yeah. seamlessly because they, they, as if they, everybody was using the same samples and stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah, man, yeah. 
Well, I, I, I like tech house. Uh, like I know, I know it's a bit thing, but like, don't get me wrong. There is great tech house tracks. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? But I, I don't think I would go to a tech house night. Yeah, but I remember like tech house, like the vinyl release, from, like what two thousand two, two thousand three, mm-hmm. and it's like early stuff. And I just said that was more tribally stuff. That, yeah. but it, it was essentially tech house. It was what people call like the godfathers of, of tech house were, yeah. were doing at the time. Um, and I, I don't know. I like it, but it's just one of them. It's one of them. It's like hit and miss, isn't it? There is good tracks. It's like everything, man. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. It's like any genre, even the genre you're massively into. There's good tracks and there's stuff you just stuff yeah. you just don't get. Yeah. Again, it's not that you don't. There is bad music. You just don't get it. It just doesn't. An example of that is I, I buy, I collect records, mm. not just house music, like anything, uh, anything, well. man. And I got a collection. I bought a collection of a guy, and. Uh, Metallica, Black Album was on it. And my mate Ray Steiner was a huge Metallica fan. I phoned mm. him up and was like, listen, I've just got this in the collection. Do you want it? He says, have you listened to it? I said, nah, shite, man. He says, <laughs> that was my exact words. He says, look, just listen to it. So over the next sort of week, I go up into my deck room, headphones were lying floor, and, and I listened to it about three or four times over the week. Blew my mind. Completely blew my mind. Because for me, heavy metal or heavy rock or whatever it is, was just a lot of noise and screaming and shouting. But... The melodies and the intricacy, intricacy of everything, the, the mix com- as the well, composition the composition mi- yeah. is phenomenal, absolutely I, phenomenal. Honestly, I never got, I never understood proper, like properly about rock music until I was about eighteen, nineteen. <laughs> like my dad had listened to it and stuff like that, but it was just, it, it, it was just it, there. It was just little, the noise. He also, he'd play like club music as well, so but yeah. that caught me even more. Yeah, and then now, like I'm, I'm the Biggest fucking pop punk fan you'll ever meet. I yeah. love, I love like I got, I got into uh, David Grohl or Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl yeah. um, I read his book and that, and like it just as you say the intricacy of what they do and like and like I was listen, I was listening to to the music and it's just like why did I not like this the first time yeah. around? Again, it, you just didn't get it. Yeah. You've reached an age and you've reached a maturity. Yeah, where. It just clicks. Exactly. It just clicks. I must admit, I don't listen to that much house music at the moment. Generally, during the week, I'll probably listen to a couple of my two or three years of house music. Yeah. And the rest of it's made up of other yeah. random. How stuff. much music do you consume daily? Just, I just, I just want to ask that. Daily, all. at least an hour, at least, at least an, an hour a day. Um, I'll give you an example today. I've been at work this morning, so I was on plan all day. Yeah. So I've listened to music on the way to work, listened to music on the way here, I've listened to music on the way home. So totaling that up, you've probably got about an hour. Yeah. If I'd been in the office all day, it could have been anywhere up to four, five hours, just simply sitting with headphones in. But I've started bringing up by listening to speaking podcasts, like this yeah. one. Getting <laughs> um, on Spotify and all your other good download stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um... Hotboxing, we were talking about that before. Yeah. My mate sent me that, and I was like, oh, I don't listen to this speaking podcast, and I listened to it, and it blew my mind. I, I never used to. No. Um, um, I didn't get them. I, yeah, I just <laughs> didn't get it. I never used to listen to podcasts until maybe 2013. I've only, the last year, no, sorry, 20, 2020, I'd say, started listening to audiobooks. Um, like, I'm on Audible now, oh, right. and I fucking love it. Like, there's some stuff I, I don't like because of the, the narrators and stuff like that. Oh, but like right. I said, I I won't have sat and read that um, that Grohl um, autobiography without is that without the one where book. Dave Grohl actually reads it. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. brother's my brother was on it. Fucking, but then, like, I, honest to God, he's maybe such, give that a try. You know, class. 
But like, as I said, that's just one of many that I've read. I try and read a book every week. So what I'll do is I'll do about an hour of of, a book reading a day, or Audible, um, and then I'll spend probably four hours a day listening to music. Yeah. Everything, though, like... Because um, I, I get when I'm at work, I just stick my earphones in. I'm the same. In. I'm usually um, earphones on. And then I come home, get my little lad to bed and stuff like that, and I'll I'll sit and either watch fucking TV or have music on. So the, oh, the, the consumption of music's at a high rate. That's why I asked because I asked somebody else this the other day, and they were like, "Oh, we listen to maybe four or five hours a week," and I'm just like, "What?" Like, oh, and, I, I they, and they, they said they love music and stuff like yeah. that, and it just it's. I mean, I, I don't during lockdown. I was listening to tons, I mean tons. Most of it was mine. Yeah. Where I'd like, I'm terrible for this. I don't know what anybody else is like, but I'm mm-hmm. murdered for this, man. If I've done a mix and I've put it out, or I've done a mix, I'll listen to it yeah. at least half a dozen times. And nine times out of ten, I'll pick it to bits. Completely pick it to bits. But during lockdown, there was so much music. I mean, the guys, I'll give you the bad S the guys in Keswick, the yeah. the live streams they were doing, sometimes there's four or five is on it, do you know what I mean? It would be on all afternoon, so you'd listen to guys that were on before you, you'd play, mm. you'd listen to guys that were on after you. And, yeah, but the, the live stream thing was massive, wasn't it? It was like, huge, and it was so good because there was so many people. I think it kept people going, like yeah. mentally. like I, And there was a lot of artists got exposure who probably wouldn't, wouldn't have, have yeah, got yeah, exposure. Yeah. Built yeah. the confidence builder for a lot of people. I know a lot of people within my scene who... When when the live stream stream thing came along, they sort of they became like um, known for live streaming, yeah. and, and and it's something I don't think they've had the confidence to step into a club and maybe do a competition or something like that. Yeah. But because they've built a little bit of a following up themselves within within live stream, and it's given them the, that thing to like, right, yeah. I'll play. It's clubs. definitely one of the positives that came out. The other one of the other positives was I noticed <clears throat> that. When lockdown completely finished, and our scene, I don't know what yours was like, mm. there was so much good music released. So much good music released. I think loads of it under the radar. Loads of it did. Like, mm-hmm. like, I regret releasing during the pandemic now, just right. because it didn't go anywhere. It went on to, to, to platforms like like Spotify, yeah. Apple Music, shit like that. But it never done anything. It wasn't getting played in clubs. It wasn't getting supported. Well, I, like, mean, I bought tons and tons of music during lockdown, and... What? I think a lot of people did mine because I noticed the sort of my first quarter of 2020 for the label, it was all right, but everything after that, lockdown one, lockdown two, all the, all the um, statements after that, it, the streaming and the buys were absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And it hasn't been the same since. Like it, It's levelled back off again now, yeah. but it, it was just a big influx of everyone. Maybe everyone was sitting at home and they bought decks. Maybe that's what it is, I don't know. Well, funnily enough, man, the amount of stuff that was for sale when lockdown finished, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I'd folk phoning me, yeah, do you want to buy this? No. <laughs> do you want to it well? I don't know, man. Give me a couple of days, I'll talk to some people. <laughs> but that was one of the positives, I think, that came out of lockdown. There was a lot of people made a lot of good music during lockdown. Yeah. And I know... Um, a lot of the trans artists and stuff had said, look, there's loads of stuff sitting here. I'm not going to release it until... Yeah. I'll play it during my live stream, but I'm not going to release it until pandemic's finished because it, it hadn't been heard in the clubs. We, after the lockdown finished, uh, I played in Canteat one night and I played for three or four hours. Mm. And my missus came up and she's like, have you got nothing else? What do you mean nothing else? She's, I've heard all these. I says, you have. Yeah, but these are brand these new. These guys, haven't they? What do you mean? I says, you've heard these played in the kitchen all summer. <laughs> I says, but these guys 
probably have never heard these tracks. Oh, I never thought about that. Mm. It's just just goes to show you. Do you know what I mean? You're, Absolutely. Yeah. But the but the live streaming thing was great for great for artists and and DJs alike, man. I know it was it was, it was a good one of the positives to come out of the pandemic. I think. Yeah, a lot like a lot of people broke through there as well. Like uh, I seen d- DJs I, I'd, I'd never have heard of yeah. if it wasn't for that. Yeah. Because they were putting on a bit of a presentation, like they were yeah. doing, like they were treating it like. Treat like look, a club night. Well, it wasn't even that. They were treating it like um, I seen a few people do these like mini festival things, live streams. So yeah. I get that. But I seen some people who were setting up and they were and basically putting themselves in a shop window as like. This is who I am. Yeah. Look at my setup. I take this seriously. Yeah. There's a guy called uh, for- Forgotten Scout House online. There's a plug for you, pal. Um, <laughs> go and check him out. No, but he does like a live stream, and he started there. And he, he's not a club. I don't. I don't think he's a club DJ. I don't yeah. know him. But like, he's, he he used to just post tunes of old Scouse tunes, like from back yeah. in the day. And then during lockdown, he's got a little setup on that, and like he gets he gets people tuning. It's yeah, quality. I learned so much technically. No, but DJing about setting up things like this. Yeah, uh, and. How to create um, artwork that will sit in your live stream and how to present it. Yeah, it's mental stuff isn't it? like that, and it's been good, man. I mean, we now all the four play gigs uh, are either broadcast live on the radio. The guys that run the radio, People City Radio in Bradford, the guys that run it, um, they've got a, a website called Livestream. It's kind of like uh, Mixcloud, as in the fact it's like a cross between. Mixcloud and Twitch, yeah, um, and you can we go live on that. So last year for the booth, we were audio and visual live. That's good. That's quality. And this year from the booth will be the same. Yeah. And this year at Soulfest will be the same. We're broadcasting. They're brilliant. The guys and everybody at the stations absolutely fantastic because <clears throat> um, last year at booth we broadcast live all day Friday, all day Saturday, and everybody, all the DJs, big shout to them, gave up. Their, their slots so yeah. that we could we could broadcast live right throughout the day that's good uh, and they've, they've done the same this year do you know what I mean so we're, we're broadcasting live Friday Saturday Sunday that's good that's on the quality. radio and visual as well it's just that absolute bollock setting <laughs> up and it's, it's signal on that as well is a big thing as signal well. believe it or not mobile I don't know what it is my mobile phone that's it connect hmm. I got hotspot yeah hotspot it to my to my laptop Everything comes into the laptop via uh, a USB mixer. I think I paid. Technology's I amazing. Yeah. I think I paid fifty quid for it. Yeah. Sixty quid. All the inputs come with that. We've got the mic input into it uh, and use uh, bot and OBS. Yeah. O- OBS, OSB, OBS, OBS, yeah, OBS yeah, the, to, the to, thing. to stream everything out, yeah. man. It's it's fantastic. We do the same. When we're at Havana, we're live on the radio, and we've got a, a visual broadcast as well, man. So, but again, that's that's probably stuff I would never have known about if it hadn't been for lockdown. And it's a huge amount of exposure for for us as a it brand, is, absolutely. And us as a brand and the DJs that are that are playing for us. It's also good for the venue. Do you know what I mean? It gets them a recognition as well. So, yeah. But I, again, I, another great thing that's come out of lockdown, man. Yeah, a lot of venues did close, but. Uh, um, heartbreaking man it is Absolutely yeah the ones that have survived I think they're, they're thrive, the like sub club survived now. the sub club just survived <laughs> brilliant venue man amazing yeah. venue um, I want to get on to a couple of things um, sort of we do a little section every week of um, travelling on the road have you got any have you got any stories or any um, 
horror horror stories. Anything that's happened to you? Any any gigs? Any stories you would like to tell? Any after parties? That's another one. Yeah, that's after party stories. I'll keep them clean though. We <laughs> <coughs> went to. <coughs> we used to go to Cream regularly. I was telling you. Yeah. We went to see Paul Van Dyke one night, and my mates, Missy's went to university in Liverpool, so she had a huge. Uh, network of friends mm. and I met a lot of them through going to cream and whatever else mm. so my best mate he kept saying to me he says look we need to, this is early noughties mm. we need to protect because we used to stand the courtyard and cream you walked in the door you had the back of the room front of the room the stage and there's an arch directly opposite you right. which took you through at the bar the back of the room two massive fucking speaker stacks front right. of the room two massive fucking speaker stacks so we used to stand next to the one at the left you could hear stand in front of you behind it and he says to me he says look man I'm starting to get this ringing in my ear he says <laughs> we need to start like protecting our ear uh-huh. cool so we're in there he came back to the toilet he's like look here give me the bits of toilet I was like what the fuck do you want me to do with this <laughs> screw it up put in your ears like why he says honestly trust me you need to protect your ear alright so I put them in it's cool so brilliant night Come out the club, where we're going, we're going to this party. Right. Magic. <laughs> Goes to this party and uh stood in the kitchen, he's doing this. What are you doing? No, all right. What are you doing? Ah, oh, that fucking toilet paper stuck me here. <laughs> now his missus is a vet, right? right? That's why she went to university in, ah, yeah, uh, in yeah. Liverpool for it. For the so I'm like, I'll go and get some tweezers. So I come back to the car with these fucking massive stainless steel tweezers. <laughs> I've got them in a headlock. Oh no, we're on the worktop, go on the worktop, like that. Trying to fish this bit. Oh, I've been having loads of it as well. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, right. Trying to fish this bit, a tiny wee bit of tissue yeah. paper out here, oh. nearly stabbed them in the brain. Loads of stuff, man. Um, we went to Tribal Gathering at Southport, there's a Butlins or a... a Pontins. Pontins. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but it's fucking miles from anywhere, man. So... We got all the tickets now. It was like, you kind of take your own drink in. Yeah. Um, was, it, was this a weekender? Like, yeah, like, man. Yeah, yeah, Friday, yeah, yeah. Saturday, Sunday thing. Right. Can't take your own drink in. Fuck that, man. I'm taking my own drink. So yeah. I went downtown and got one of these five litre bottles of water. Tapped it out. Three bottles or four bottles of vodka, however many to fill it up. I bought the blue wicked and a shitload of blue food colour and I wrote screen wash on it. Right? Put it in the boot. It looked like, smelled like screen wash. <laughs> Go out there and the guy says in the car, he's like, the fuck's that? It's a screen wash. All right, aye. Put it back in the boot. So we walked around all... You. <laughs> we walked about all weekend consuming this screen wash out of this bottle, man. Honours of folks thought, must be a thing. Screen wash. <laughs> it's one of the mad oh, things. Oh, man, that's, that, that sounds vile. <laughs> you do things when you're doing good road, don't you? No, like, honestly, the amount of times that I've fucking drank shit fucking drink, just like, just as yeah, a pre, like, pre-drinks man. before you go out. Like, I was saying mm-hmm. on the last podcast, mm-hmm. like, I used to, when she was at uni, we used to go out, and, like, I'd buy, like, the fucking tackiest vodka, just because yep. it's the cheapest, like, it's student life, you've got to live it as well, like, I know I was still working and, and whatnot, Aye. but, like, it's a bit shit if you're walking in with the best vodka and they're all on the shy uh, vodka, I was like, right, I'll stop the shit so, vodka, get me that fucking, what is it, Rushkin off? Rushkin off, I'd clean, your, clean wheels with it. <laughs> yeah. We were in clean one night, and I was sat in the bar having a wee five minute breather mm. I think it was having a fag you could smoke indoors like that having a fag pre-2007 and um, my mate's missus came down for the t- you used to go up to the toilet she came down to mm. the toilet and she had a, a, a body warmer on a puffer one she handed it to me what are you doing she said keep holding it alright so I'm going back in I'll come back out alright cool so about 20 minutes later I was like I'm going in got to the opening 
and it's dark, right? And this room's bright as fuck in the bar. Yeah. And I took a step into the room and the strobes came on. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> fuck me. I'll put this on. Now she's tiny, right? So uh, I put this body warmer on. On up. <laughs> I've got, I managed to get it on. Aye. So by the time I've walked across the dance floor and danced about, everything's full of blood, right? And I'm like, mate, my fingers are tingling. What do you mean? My fingers are tingling. Like, that fucking took 20 minutes to get it off, man. <laughs> 20 minutes to get off. Cut the circulation off. Nearly, man. My oh, fingers are tingling. Man. That's disgusting. Probably. Probably. Right, I'm just going to wrap this section up. This is end of section one. We'll be back in two minutes. Right, we're back for section two. Um, this part is we get more involved with the public who write in questions and then we'll give our opinions yep. <laughs> and we'll give people advice. I mean, we're nobody to give advice, but Aye. fuck it, yeah. like, let's do it. Um, so this, this is just what people have asked this week. Yep. Um, this one is from Joe and it's, all right, mate, random question, but what is your favourite record label and why? That's from Joe. Right now? Ever. Uh, right, ever. Hooch tunes. Hooch Tunes is one of my favourite records. That, uh, Platypus Records, which was the old school trance, I think. Why is that then? Why why are these your favourite? Hooch Tunes had Café Del Mar, um, uh, I can't remember any ones that were on it, Brain (laughs) Fried. But it was just, at the time when we started DJing and we were going clubbing, these were the records that were being played. Yeah. Prolific uh, in your underlying fixation. There's another one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? These these are all. It's part of growing up mature, mature musically. I don't know if that sounds bullshit. Yeah. Does it? Do yeah. you know what I mean? No, it sounds good. Aye, yeah. aye. So there's that. Right now, at the moment, there uh, for the disco scene at the moment, there's a record label called Tropical Disco. Yeah, cannot do any wrong at the minute. The stuff they're putting out is oh, every release. Sort of, every yeah. release at the minute is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Spicy Records it's another disco label it's, no, I, don't, I don't know uh, these American. but you can just ram off I'm sure people will look really really good label um, I mean there's just again there's just so much good music out there at the minute yeah. Dave Lee's ZR Records <laughs> T-shirt um, <laughs> stuff like that but there is just so much good music but Tropical Disco at the moment is, is one of my right. regular go-tos the minute I'm in track source will be overseen with what they're putting out excellent um, my favourite oh, could be I don't know you know um, I, obviously I'm in, into the more for, like harder dance mm. stuff I'd maybe say growing up I think Tidy played a big, big part I, of I'll, like, I'll chip in with Tidy as well yeah, man because it was Tidy was a lot of the tracks that when we first started the game I, yeah. I didn't have a lot of records my brother had slightly more than me man and yeah. the, with you know what it's like that you borrow some off your folk and he was borrowing some off his mates and a lot of it was tidy tracks yeah. it was when the, the hard house scene was sort of in its infancy and, and starting to come yeah. through but uh, I, I mean there's just so many good tracks on it I don't think obviously I've had this question in advance now honestly there's no one record label that's, that I'd say this is amazing but for me like there's always ones that's influenced my sound so like yeah. tidy I, I do a lot of like stuff that's that reminds me of early tidy stuff. Uh, Nucleus was a big one. I like Nucleus, Dinky, yeah, Dinky, Dinky records. Dinky, um, I remember. It was, it was Dinky an Australian label. Uh, Australian. Ah, one, there yeah, was yeah. a couple of tracks on that. I remember. Um, and th- that that heavily influ- if you listen to my music, you can mm-hmm. sometimes you can see exactly where I've ripped off. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, I quite liked. Um, there's a, there was a small. I think it was an independent label. It was. Um, I liked Boss Records. That was a, another one that was based from in Liverpool. Um, 
I'm, li- I'm li- naming them all off, but I don't know what what I, I, I like to be honest. Who's with your you. go-to record? At the, have you got a go-to producer or a go-to record label at the moment? Um, I'm interviewing uh, you now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, at Warren. the moment, um, the big. The, uh, do you know something? At, at this moment, there's so many different outlets because a lot of them have become like independent stores rather than record labels. Right. So for me, I always find myself consistently going to cheeky tracks. Um, right. uh, a lad called Dave Gray, uh, he, he runs that, and he's got a good ear for tunes. But on this, he, I think he's, I like because there's a variety. So you get like you've got like hard trance. That he's heavily into the bounce stuff at the minute. Right. But it, it was never like that before. Um, hard house, um, sort of pumping house, funky bits as well. Yeah. Um, I quite like his stuff. Uh, like the stuff that he's putting out, he's got as I say, he's got a similar ear to me for music. It's, yeah. Um, this is Bounce UK. I've got a couple of releases with them. They release just original music, so there's, you won't see any bootlegs or all like that right. on there. That, that that's, that's good though, man. It's really good. Um, I've got a couple of tunes on there. That's that's a, a label I, I always go to. Uh, BTID Music, Bounce Lad Die. That's yeah. obviously the big brand. Yeah. Um, that's a big one as well. Um. Where else do I buy music, really? It's like, uh, then there's, as I said, there's digital stores, there's Acceleration Digital, there's, there's all sorts. But I'm trying to think of my, my favourite. Do you know one that's worth a shout? There's a, there's a record label in Spain, and it doesn't get... Because when it, when it was around, I feel like there was like sort of stuff that that, it, that was more popular than it. So there, yeah. was, there used to be a record label called Omode Records, right. and that was sort of like the, the um, most popular of, of its of its time yeah. sort of thing but there used to be a label uh, called Restart Records and that was like for me I that was the sound that I I loved and I thought that's, that's quality that yeah. um, lads like um, there was like Chuchi um, Gallison Horpreece um, DJ Vecchi or Vessi or whatever you, however you pronounce your name and they, they were putting good, really really good music out and I still find myself playing their music that re- they released sort of 10 to 14 years ago like yeah. And I'm still playing that now, and it's like brilliant, man. Like it's they've stood the test. Good, of good music doesn't die, though. Yeah, right? exactly. Just on that, there's there's a, a label from New York, a guy called Jake Rev, uh, Razor and Tape. Right. Really, really good, man. Well, oh, and is that timeless music as well? I think it is. I. I mean, it's it's, fair, it's it's not a really old label, but a lot of the stuff that Jake Rev's putting into the man, it's just you can tell it's going to be around for a while. I. It's got a really fresh sound to it. It's. I don't know how to describe it. It's energy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of energy in the music, and yeah. it, it's well it's well composed and it's well structured. I, th- I feel like a lot of labels have like a certain sound, and I, th- I feel like I feel like as you say, like when you say someone's got a lot of energy, I would say Restart Records is probably one of my favourites, right? Just because they they had a certain energy about them, where not all tracks sounded the same, but they had they all had a similar aim in what they were doing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Did, none, of, none of them they, they weren't using the same samples <coughs> as such. I don't like that, but. They, they knew what direction they wanted to go in. Did you ever buy in for Bonsai? Do you remember Bonsai Records? Or was that maybe just Bonsai. about before yeah, you? Yeah, it rings a bell. Bonsai Records. Is it with the fucking a really obscure artwork on the sleeves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah there's a Bonsai. There's usually like a Bonsai as a background yeah, yeah, yeah. the printed label, man. Yeah. I, I can remember that. that. 
was a lot of good trans came out in Bonsai. Yeah. Um, so this must have been what 2000, 2002, 2003. Yeah, I, 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 I can't remember that that label. There's a few. Yeah. There's a I few. Think, was, Matt, was Madagascar on that? I don't can't remember. Yeah, but, but yeah, as I say, like it, record labels, you could talk for ages. Earls um, and earls and earls, uh, man. <laughs> just one of them, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so let's move on. To next question. Hey, what has been your favourite venue to play over your career? I, and I haven't put a name on that. I'm sorry, whoever that was. Favourite venue to play? Concrete. I, I loved playing in Concrete, man. Concrete was really, really good. Do you know what I mean? It was just. The, the, the As back, a DJ, the, the that's back the, room is a long, narrow room. Do, do you prefer do you prefer bigger venues or like dingier venues or quirky venues or such? Playing or going, playing, playing. Uh, oh, I Sometimes like dingy. I like I like depending where it is. I like dingy venues, but I, I like really intimate venues yeah. as well. Because you're with an intimate venue, you're, you're no. Playing a big venue, you're on stage. You're three foot away from them. Yeah, you're on a stage, you're like a couple of feet, you're you're like a metre up, but if you're playing, I love playing bars, man. If you're in a bar, you you can, I mean, they're the closer than you and I. I've I've been playing a a, a venue uh, in Carlisle over the last sort of, I don't know, I don't know, maybe two years, well, before the pandemic even, Mm. and it was, um, it's, it's Black Box Music Institute, do you know that one? Yeah, the Manchester. No, not in no, Carlisle. In, in Cal- oh, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. It's next door to, um, what's the rock venue called? Um, are, are you, um, Jackson's, uh, Brickyard. Brick, next to Brickyard, yeah. Uh, it used to be Jackson's. Right, right. downstairs under there. The uh, right, yeah. I saw Seb Fontaine in there. Right. Hundreds of years ago. How good is that ceiling. venue? You the ceiling? T- yeah, yeah, yeah. You can touch yeah. the ceiling, it's really it close. It rains in there about three in the morning, you know. It what? It rains. Oh, I know. Uh, I know. Yeah. I played, I played last hour, and Fucking honestly, I was like, uh, I played last hour. When was this? It must have been the second time I played in there, um, and I, I just sort of went in while I played. And during the set, you could see. It was like a drinks, sweat. I don't know what it was dripping from the ceiling. I sweat, man. I fucking love it, man. Like drunk. I love that. Like it, it, it shows like a good party for me. One of the best. It was near venue. I love playing festivals as well for yeah. the simple, the simple reason. If we put a club night on in here, you'll sell tickets to people who want to come to this. Yeah. But at a festival, you've got a tent earlier. Everybody's at the main stage. The main stage finishes. You've got to sell it, haven't you? And they'll wander in. Mm. So you're just seen. I played at Wickerman. Probably 2016, I think it was, and I went back to back with Helen Moore. We got tours each, so we did a. Yeah. I did an hour, she did an hour, and we went back to back for tours. And about four tracks in the back to back, there was, I don't know, must have been about 50, 60 people in front of the stage. It was just a really good vibe. You know I mean, not mm-hmm. a lot of people, but just the vibe and the energy and the crowd and everything I'd was rather there. Have, I'd rather have 60 people who were right up for it than 200 people who were just, just like, just about. there. Because like, you don't get a response from them. Like yeah, that. But if you've got yeah. people, uh, I know it sounds stupid because it, maybe it's, it's something psychological or what, I don't know. But if you've been playing to people and you and you bring a track in and as soon as it comes in and they recognise where it is, the, 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 the make eye contact make with eye you. Contact with you. And it's like, yes. Like, right. do you, you, know get, you get that, look yeah. at Yeah, it's class, class. <laughs> I've um, done it. I've been, I've been that man, yeah. it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, honestly, it's just one of them things where it's like, I don't know, it's, I, I think I prefer an intimate venue. Don't get me wrong, like, I've played a couple of big venues yep. and it's been, it's been great, but I've always thought, like, do you lose energy? I've never played to massive then big rooms, man. I mean, it's always been bars and wee clubs and stuff yeah. I've played in, but uh, we've been in 
They've been to Hunter's events. Mm-hmm. Hunt, and you're like miles away from the day, Jay. Uh, yeah. I, 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 Don't I, get me wrong, though. Big events like we used to go to uh, Met, Metro Radio. It was the Metro Radio Arena. Right. Is it still the Metro Radio Arena? I'm, I'm not sure what it's called now. Anyway. I know we, you're about the Metro Radio. Go God's Kitchen used to run a spring spring and autumn ball. Yeah. Just big parties, man. They were phenomenal. That was... But it was the same. The further back you went, the less energy was in the room. Do you know what I mean? It feels... It, yeah, yeah. It feels weird. I don't know. Like, I, I like the, the, the playing on, like, bigger stages. Obviously, it's good for your rep and stuff yeah. like that. But I feel like sometimes you get a bit of a disconnect. Like, like I like to feel an energy to see, see what I want to play next. Yeah. And sometimes it's maybe a bit disconnected. Like, I played in... Um, where was he? I played in in France, right? Um, I've meant, I've told the story about this before, but um, I, I didn't mention the, the DJ side of it. So I was playing, but I was on a balcony where I couldn't see the like it was so such a big sort of stage as such. Yeah. You couldn't see the the first like three rows of people. They're the most and, important. And the, rows, yeah, man. And, and all you can see is hands every so often. And I, and for me, it was like. I'd like to see their reaction to All get... Right. Like, the, obviously, you see Pete, the, the, the rest of the crowd, like, in front of you, sort of dancing. But it's that, that first three, four, three or four rows, they're, like, they're the, the ones who see... They're, they're the, the ones that's pushed to the front to yeah, get it, man. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, I, and that's where I felt a bit disconnected. Don't get me wrong, I loved the set. It was phenomenal sound system. Yeah. Great night. But I'd, just, I'd like to have been lower down just so you could get on a... A connection yeah. with no, them. that makes total sense, man. Total sense. I play for I play yearly for a, a lass in um, she runs an event, a castle. Do you know Do you know the castle event in um, oh my god, you, you, you head over as if you go to Newcastle, yeah, and you you go along the it's like a dual carriageway and then you could turn up to it, uh, Featherstone Castle, yes. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. I play there and they do, um, they do a is that an outdoor party. Uh, no, it's in, in the castle. Oh, in the castle. It's fucking really good. Eh? Class, that, but man. It, gets, it, gets, it gets a bit weird in there, like because it's a full weekend or event. All right. And it's like, <laughs> I played the first night, and obviously on the first on the Friday, night, everyone no everyone goes in really hard. Oh, did it? So I played the closing set, which was five till six a.m. Right. Um, first year I went, and I was just like I went in. And honestly, the the I played in in the, the dungeon. It's called. It is a castle dungeon. It's actually yeah. what it was. And honestly, it was just a table set up, and then a big massive sound system, light rig, and everything like that. But you were you were. I was literally the, the people right there in front of me. The day, and then they were there. Then there were people. And honestly, the vibe was such a good party. So good. Such a. Good, it's called Masquerade Ball, and they have it yearly. I think I've heard that. You know, it's I, fucking really good, man. I played at Wickerman probably pre. 2010 at mm. some point and they had a, a dance tent with like a wee side tent yeah. and I played in the wee side tent but I was on at 3 in the morning or something man and Happy Mondays were playing on the main stage it was it Happy is. Mondays or Black Grape one of the two were playing mm. on the main stage so uh, I was there DJing I had an absolute fucking nightmare with the CDJs too much beer prior to playing mm. the nightmare was he managed to get it sorted up and set up but halfway into set my mate comes out look at the back of the room look at the back of the room the fuck what is it it's Bez is there <laughs> no way so Bez is boogieing at the back of the room like, like three or four women man. class fucking mad one of the things that hey, you just remember that, that man that is quality quality <laughs> right we'll move on to the next question um, so next question is um, this is from 
He's a producer, so uh, this is a producer question. Uh, do you do pro- any production or not? I thought I'd be back in the past. Wait a bit. So, is it possible to go your whole producing life without keying by ear? Um, now that's from Dean. Keying key by ear. Keying uh, yeah. key by ear. Um, I think he means. Um, I'm not sure what he means. I think he means. Um, so. Um, getting the, the key of samples and, so, and such. Right. Um, and like with vocals and stuff, because a lot of people maybe don't have the musical ear, but yeah. they, can, they can they can learn theory as such. Ah, yeah, I, I think agree. that's what he means. What's the what's the wheel? Ah, uh, yeah, that's Hamlet Spectrum. Thing, Spectrum. Uh, right. So I'm gonna say I, I don't know what you want to chime in on this or not, but I'm gonna say you're gonna limit yourself, Dean. Um, if you don't do it. Um, you could always just Google the key of a vocal, but if you want, if you want to go that extra mile and like get emotional with the chords um, in a in a in a vocal, then you need to be be feeling the key of the vocal. Do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. so you, you could put a chord progression down, it might not necessarily give off the same vibe as what the the the, 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 the vocal, vocal is, I. but it's still perfectly in key. Yeah. Um, whereas sometimes I feel like you need to feel like the emotion of the vocal. I'm, I'm just. Riffing here, I don't, I don't know what exactly yeah. he means as such. So it's, it's, it's a skill you pick up. I couldn't tell you the key that the record's on, right? I couldn't mm. tell you the key, and I couldn't tell you what key set with what. But if you give me four records, mm. I could either put them in the order for you, yeah, or how I would put them in the order, yeah, or I could tell you that definitely won't sit with that man. Oh yeah, obviously, due, yeah, due yeah, yeah. That, 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 that comes along with experience, it's, doesn't it's it? Just, it's just something you pick up, yeah, man, yeah. But, we've, um, but now we've got a key sync button and yeah. we've got a sync button and we're not going to go down that route. But <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if, you, if, if you are producing and and you, you can't work by ear and you've been going a while, um, my, I'm, I'm, only, I'm limited on what advice I can give you. Um, the education's there. Use it to educate yourself. Educate yourself as such as in like, um, maybe just work with what you can um, if you've got a vocal and you know the key of it, then whatever feels right in that chord progression, then go for it. But if you really want to make your productions go to that next level, you you should really do some ear training or something like that, just yeah. so you can because because changing one chord in a chord progression can change the whole vibe of a song, yeah. change the vibe of the track like completely. So, and if you've got that ear for it, then you're winning, aren't you? Yeah. If and if but if you just if you're just going off sort of a mathematical grid of like right these chords fit into this scale I know it's getting a bit fucking geeky and stuff you, like you that can, you, can, but you can do it with science but if you don't have the emotion in it do you know what I mean uh, I think that's part of a good yeah, track that's what music you, is isn't it it's you fully emotional it. yeah. well, music's like any other it's, it's an expression of your art it's what you're feeling at the time yeah exactly Exactly. So, Dean, that, I hope that that answers your question. I hope that's what you mean by the question as well. I'm sorry if it's not, but that that's what I've got off when you when you asked it. Um, uh, and all, we're going to finish it up now because that's the questions this week. There wasn't as anything as daft as last week. Oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> mate, last week was was a weird one. I got <laughs> shit down the toilet or something. Like that. Oh, no. um, right. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I've, I've been asking everybody who comes on. Right. Um, the if you were if you were to go to a Chinese takeaway, what what Chinese meal would you have for one? I'm I'm ch- I'm changing it up because I can. Um, <laughs> I don't know, do you know what I mean? But I'm going to ask you if you were getting the electric chair, right, and you you offered your last meal, what would it be? Chips and egg, chips and egg, double, okay, egg, that. Dub, double egg and chips and beans, mm. uh, two slices of white thick bread, 
with butter on them. Going out with a bang, that's quality there. Oh, I've got my fucking fantasy about food. No, no, like, no, but then you just call me a bit more thing, but like, that's my type of food. My granny, see, when I was a kid, my granny used to make chips and egg, man. Yeah. That's what it is. Chips Ho- and homemade egg. chips as well. Uh, and I would ask for the eggs to be done in the chip pan. If you're old enough, like me, you'll know exactly what that means and what that is. Yeah, well, it's quality, it's really good. But it stinks the house out of like this. Dude, you're going. Yeah. You're going, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get in the chair the next day, so. <laughs> right, uh, that's quality meal, that man. Hey. Would you have a dessert as well? Yes, I would. Don't even say Angel Delight, am I? No, be yourself. I would have <laughs> custard and either rhubarb or apple crumble or rhubarb and apple crumble. Nice. Well, it's your last one. You may as well have both. Both, that bit. <laughs> custard, rhubarb, rhub- Apple and rhubarb crumble with custard. Right, and we're gonna we're gonna finish you up on a on a bit of a of a thing here. But I asked you um, during the the whole time you've told me about. So when from when you and Al first got your, your decks, yeah, or even as far back as your, your mum listened to Motown, yep. right up until today. Can you give me three records which mean something to you? Oh wow! Yeah, Sinead Corner. Uh, nothing compares to you. Right. First time I heard it, completely blew my mind. Um, also, Streets of No Name, you too. The reason that is, um, many moons ago when Cream was at Nation, huge, there was the courtyard, the legendary courtyard. Yeah. And Cream was the night, Nation was the venue. Right. Nation sold the room that was the courtyard to a company in town who did, town, Liverpool, mm. who did bands and stuff. So they basically uh, got it and did it and they like to put we. Podiums round a button and it lost the vibe. And the night that they closed it, we got tickets to go. And Oakenfold played start to finish. Right. And the last track he played, okay, Goosebumps talking about it now. <laughs> the last the track he played, the last track he played was The Streets of No Name. Quality, quality. I'm glad that you've, you've got a specific memory. Absolutely amazing. And Probably anything with Biffy Clyro. I think Biffy Clyro was the last band I went to see with my dad before my dad passed on. Mm. So anything with Biffy Clyro. On, on the train? Can't remember. We we just got to see Biffy Clyro that day. No, we were, we were going to see Foo Fighters that day. That was Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. That was Glasgow. Oh, we were going yeah. to see Foo Fighters that day. We went to Glasgow to see Biffy Clyro. So mm. anything for Biffy Clyro. Someone I've never really like, because some people you you just don't understand, like you said before. Yeah. Like um, for me, it took me a long time to understand the Foo Fighters, like because because mm. they are majorly popular. But for me, I just didn't get the vibe. I mean, that's that's a difficult question as well because there's so much. I was thinking about the way over, right? If you had to sit down, and if I had to sit down, mm. or we had to sit down and work out how many pieces of music you've listened to since you it's started it's impossible it's phenomenal and it? it's ridiculous yeah. some of them just stick to you though don't they like, yeah, I mean I've got I've got loads of favourite tracks but it would need for, for this question it would definitely be something with Biffy Clyro Streets of No Name due to that memory and simply because the first time I heard that that track with Sinead O'Connor it just blew my mind I'm glad you can attach the the, the art from the artist because she's a fucking wet wipe oh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, yeah. she never even wrote it it was printed with no, it anyway, so. it's a quality tune though like, yeah. I, as I say like, I listen to fucking hell we're going to get a bit political but I listen to like, Michael Jackson stuff like that he's yeah. got bad connotations to his name but fuck me what a great singer he was what an amazing like, artist man even, even, even when he was with the, his brothers and yeah. even when he left 
Phenomenal, man. We're we're still playing edits to that at the moment, man. It still goes off as well. Mm. Still massively goes off. Yeah. Right, um, we're going to be tying it up. At, um, this is an episode. It's been a fucking great episode, mate. Um, Thanks, mate. Thanks good, for having us on. Good insight to, to, to more about you and what you're about and stuff like yep. that. Quality. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, where can everyone find you? Uh, Facebook, Chris, uh, Chris Loki DJ and Foreplay on Insta, Facebook, Twitter, yep. uh, all these platforms. Uh, go along, have a look, and check us out. Nice one. Thanks for listening. Thanks, mate. See you again soon.